Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 225, episode 3 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Thursday, February 24th, 2022. I don't need to tell y'all what that means. It's toast day, baby. And chili day. Yeah, also that. So get your combine your toast and chili, I guess. I love a little Texas toast in my chili, which is my vocal warm-up also. What did you say, buckle warm-up? Vocal warm-up. Oh. Texas toast in my chili. <laughs> is, is Texas toast just garlic bread on white bread? Yeah, it's just garlic bread croutons, basically. Right? Because that's what I feel like whenever you see it, I'm like, oh, it looks like white bread, like thick-ass white bread with just like garlic butter. Yeah, I think Texas toast is just, yeah, it's garlic bread, but like with a Texas white bread spin on it. And then I like the Texas toast croutons, uh, I think. Where where do you get that? I don't know. No clue. Just one up, usually Ralph's or something, I guess. Kroger for the non-LA residents. Oh, yeah, but the best garlic bread in LA, Smokehouse in Burbank. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Have you been there? Nope. Oh, man, the smokehouse is, like, it's right across the street from Warner Brothers, and the interior is, like, not changed since, like, the 60s, and they, people, like, they've, it's been in a few different shooting, like, they use a shooting location, but when you go in there, the vibe is real interesting, because they have bands that play, there's sometimes this weird Elvis impersonator, but the garlic bread, like, they a fed A weird Elvis impersonator? I don't know. I've never heard of a weird Elvis impersonator. <laughs> they all seem pretty, pretty Only down the middle. Really to me. cool. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, aka Who Drank the Pee I Put in the Fridge. Tell me now. Confess to me your snitch. Who drank the pee I just put right here? It was fresh. Looked like a nice cold beer. Who drank the pee now? Uh, it's courtesy of No Clue on uh, the Discord, but at Radio Giorgio on Twitter, I had a real end of usual suspects moment where I found I realized those those are the same person. Fucking blew my mind, man. Yeah. Anyways, I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Yes, the founder of Kobayashi Ceramics Company. It's Miles Gray, a.k.a. Her Majesty's Prince Consort, a.k.a. O.C., <laughs> the official courtesan, a.k.a. Camilla Smoking Bowls. Thank you so much to Bottles and fans on Discord for my, my royal titles. Now There you go. Appreciate Beautiful. It. Well, Miles, we're thrilled to be joined by one of our favorite guests that comes on TDZ. A uh, very funny comedian from Good Mythical Morning and the Star Wars show. Uh, he's the co-creator of Newsbroke and the host of the podcast Frotcast and Pod Yourself a Gun. Mm-hmm. Please welcome the very funny, the very spread out, man spread the fuck <laughs> out. Uh, it's Matt Lee! Matt! Dig through the Matt! ditches and burn through the witches and slam in the back of my Matt Lieb's car. What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't own a Dragula, but uh, right. I do own a 2006 Honda Civic. Hell uh, yeah. Would it so. worked with Corolla? In the back of my Corolla. Corolla. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's no, no, notes. Civic. no notes from me. The king of uh, parody songs with the just. Goddamn like, right. 
like low energy punchline at the end, just like yeah. the hide yourself a gun. <laughs> That's what oh, I do, man. Dude, I like full to disclosure. Do... Yeah, I, I don't know if we'll even put this out on the podcast, but so Jack and I were were working on a basketball podcast. Oh hell! And yeah. there was a title that we really loved, and we couldn't stop saying it like the pod yourself a gun. Uh, intro yeah. and we're like dude do we like hit up matt and just be like hey man we really fuck with the construction of the, 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 the theme song <laughs> got rejected oh, unfortunately. got rejected oh but, damn dude that's can too we bad. say what it was yeah it yeah. was mama there goes that podcast, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> i i love a good just saying podcast randomly in a yeah. in a title bit so yeah i mean you're the inventor you're the creator of course you the first it. guy to ever do it you know yeah. it was damn. me pod and the, yourself a gun. I mean, me and the pod save america guys yeah. you know <laughs> fighting We're back one to back the same. exactly robin. wait you're not from pod save america i thought no, huh. no, that's a different that's a different podcast. Uh okay. Pod Save America. I mean, I was the original I was actually the third John. They just called me John for some reason. <laughs> they just that's the that's just the custom when you go. Like, yeah, you when you go on that guy. show, they change your name to John and I was like, All right, I'll do it. But then, you know, I called like Hillary Clinton a wench and then they kicked me Ooh, off. I know. No, I shouldn't not, have used the word wench. Not in uh, this house. I know. Yeah, it's like when Lauren is hiring someone for SNL. I call him Lauren because we're very close. Yeah, Yeah, you guys are close. Yeah, when he's hiring someone for SNL, he asks them how they are with wigs. When someone's coming on Pod Save America, they're like, how are you with changing your name to John? To John. And I'm like, yeah, sure, dude. I'll do do whatever to, uh, you know, to do podcasting. Pretty much. (laughs) I'll do whatever you guys need. You would do anything for podcasting. I would do anything. Including that. We'd mm-hmm. love to give him his own show. He just won't change his name from Matt to John. That's the only thing holding this thing. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Yeah, that's the one that... thing that would have made my career has been John. There's too many Matts, so I actually, John Lieb, that sounds good. I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. That John, and you wouldn't get a more... uh, vote blue no matter who backed that. Yeah. Oh, dude. I, I mean, I told them I would get a vote blue, like, unless they're only blue in name, but really they're red. <laughs> though but like, and they were like that's too long it won't fit on your back and i was like blue, oh. but like if side by side their policies basically look like a like a centrist republican then right i'm then, a little conflicted and want to reserve my right to not be so rigid with how i vote and that yeah. point, and at that point the tattoo has reached your taint and yeah. well yeah well yeah. during while i was explaining that to them the cia put a bag over my head and they drove me <laughs> back home and i was like ah shit i guess i didn't make the audition for pod save america no you didn't that's fine all right matt we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment Mm -hmm. first we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of the things that we're talking about today we're gonna talk about the mass shooter in portland that was undercovered, misrepresented early on in the reporting from the mainstream media i didn't even know that happened yeah it's a thing that they don't really want to talk uh, I about. I think only like CNN type news places are only now today beginning to have like full on reporting about it. Yeah. Wow. So anyways, we're going to talk about that. We are going to talk about the fact that you had the distinct privilege of watching the first release from Ben Shapiro's film production company, a film by the name of Shut In. I just I, I want to know what what is it like? Oh, it's it's unlike any experience I've ever ex- experienced when it comes to movie watching. Yeah, 
I mean, and you have been radicalized. Oh, oh, completely. Completely. Yes. All that, plenty more. (laughs) Before we get to any of that shit, Matt, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Yeah, um, my most recent search history was um, four big guys and they bust on my eyes. Now, uh-huh. so let me explain what. So that that's a a song that I heard at one point. Yeah, and I was trying to find out what the name of it was so I could uh, so I could make a little content. And uh, yeah, the song is called Four Big Guys," and uh, it was uh, it's just a song about um, well, it's a song about people busting on each other's eyes and having sex and. Uh, I spliced it into a video of, did you guys see the 60 yeah. minutes profile? Yeah, of, uh, I'm glad you brought this up. <laughs> of Havana Syndrome. <laughs> so the 60 minutes did a story on Havana Syndrome this past weekend. Yeah. A lot of people have been sharing this clip around where the, <laughs> it's very strange because, you know, 60 minutes has an elderly viewing audience. And so they <laughs> are like, and he, somebody got a recording of the noise that was causing the syndrome. We're about to play it for you, but just so you know, the noise will not give you Havana syndrome. <laughs> and, nope. and then it they will play not it. hurt you. <laughs> they play it. It's the crickets that we've heard. Yes. Before. It's, it is buzzing cicadas. Yes. <laughs> but you, you had a different take on it. Yeah. I spliced it with this song called Four Big Guys. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's the 60 minutes build up letting you know this the sound you're about yeah, to yeah. hear. Do not worry. This sound will not hurt you. It, <laughs> it is like the sound of a gun. It is not the sound that does right. the injury. Right. Yeah. Right. Here's what he recorded. And he's like, four big guys. And they bust on my eyes. They eat my ass just like apple pies. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's a really great song. And content. I suggest that, that everyone, um, you know, listen to. It is a to. good song. It's a great song. Yeah. At, at one point, a guy's like, uh, he's dunking his balls in my booty like he's Scotty Pippen, which is like, I think, uh, a nice shout out to Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't see that a lot in uh, rap music these days. Yeah, yeah. Not really giving praise to Scotty Pippen like that. Yeah. You know? you know, like people forget that he was, he wasn't just the second best player on the Bulls. He yeah. was the second best player probably in the league at the yeah. time. Right. Yeah. So and he's the king there. of odd insertions. Obviously. Yes. He's <laughs> the king of Duncan Duncan his balls and people. Wait, who's movies. the artist that does four big guys? Okay, so it's is from the only where place where I got it was an album on Spotify called MVP Meme Music. So I don't okay. know So it has it, been purchased by I assume by so a consortium. It's been purchased by a consortium, which is too bad because I'd really like to know the artists because they're very good. I mean, they spit hot fire. And, the song's uh, great, yeah. It's a great song, so, you know. Yeah. By the way, I flew United back to, to Florida for my dad's 70th, and uh, yeah. United has the direct TV thing, so I got to watch the 88 dunk contest again. Oh, oh yeah. Which I had watched the shit out because, like, my... Uh, like one of the three VHSs I had in my house when I was a kid was Dazzling Dunks and Basketball Bloopers. And that was like oh, sort of the climax of it. But uh-huh. I'd like forgotten how fucking cool some of the dunks are. Oh, yeah. In, in that contest. Was it Moses Malone in that one? No, no, no It's Jordan Dominique. Oh. It's in Chicago. Oh, so like they yeah. really want Jordan to win. Dominique is doing wild shit. But Jordan like 
does one dunk that I had totally forgotten where he like his cheek like brushes the rim. It's fucking wild. He's people he, forget also how good Dominic Wilkins was. Like that yeah. dude was uh Dominic uh, Wilkins. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I'm sorry, is it Dominique? Excuse yeah. me. Come on now. Put some respect Toretta. on Neek's name. Uh, uh, all right, all right. D- listen. Hey, I, Dom, that Dominic Watkins guy. <laughs> I call him Dominic. All right. He's Dom. Uh, watch too much Sopranos. He's uh, uh, yeah, I've been watching yeah. way too much Sopranos. Everyone's Dom? Dom too. Uh little Dom Wilkies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, what is something you think is overrated? Overrated? Uh, planning a wedding. Mm. Weddings in general. Uh, like, uh, it is an incredibly expensive party that the bride and groom don't get to enjoy. And to be honest, I'm not even sure who gets to enjoy it. Because <laughs> uh, most weddings I go to, I'm like, I'm here for the food and to see a couple of friends. But this feels very expensive and for no one. So mm. I'm going to say weddings. I'm I'm currently uh, getting married to uh, your previous guest, Francesca Fiorentini. Yes. And uh, we are just in the midst of, you know, trying to line up all of our vendors and, you know, our guest list and all that stuff. And uh, everyone just wants to just, everyone wants to charge you too much for everything. Yeah. It's bullshit. Why do they charge you more if you're in love? That, that's the thing I cannot stand about the wedding industry. It's like. It's so evil. They're like, oh, you want to rent a fork? Normally, that's sixty cents to rent a fork. <laughs> oh, wait, it's gonna go in the mouth and I'm out of mouth at a wedding. Oh, it's three dollars <laughs> now. What? Yes. Yeah, immediately they just like all the prices go up because everything is gonna be touched with love, you know. Right. So they're like, oh well, you know, if you want to get the good forks, right. it's gonna cost you ten dollars a fucking. You know prong. what's funny. When uh, I, because you know, I just got married a couple weeks ago on the in the, oh, the lead up to our wedding. Thank you, man. We, I was, I was trying to find every single way to to like hack around it to the point where yes. I asked, you know, my now wife, Her Majesty. I said, "What if we said we were having a business merger <laughs> at a hotel?" And we kind of kept it fun and said everyone had to say they were there for the business merger. And like we would. So that way, like it's just a catered meal. It's just the same banquet things because it's just a meeting. It's not a wedding. And then, yeah, we're going to dance outside. But like to see how (laughs) we can dance at corporate events. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. There's DJs. There's There's DJs and shit, you know? Yeah. Like at this point, I have now started referring to it just as an event so mm-hmm. like the ice cream people i was like uh we are gonna have an 80 person event in june uh mm-hmm. how much does it cost for you to do that and they were like you could tell that they were going like okay yeah but like what kind of event is it well will there be flowers and i'm just that's like, the other hey, thing i said anniversary well, party I, okay. I mean you think they the, i feel like they'll charge you if love Not is in there Right. I'm saying. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Oh, man. Well, I fucked up and said wedding most of the time, and now it's just the ice cream people are going to be relatively cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm worried they're going to show up and be like, hey, this is a wedding? Oh, this costs double now. And then Pack it up, Brenda. It's a wedding. Yeah, exactly. Just like I thought. And then they let all the ice cream melt. Yeah. But, yeah, so, so, I mean, you know, planning a wedding is... Is is just uh, it's hard, dude. I just want to be in love. <laughs> yeah, for right. real. Yeah. Why can't the I just be in love? Best piece of advice I got was well, like right before the wedding was someone said, 
hey man make sure you act like a guest at your wedding don't act like a host that's like oh the yeah because it's real easy to get in host mindset and like you're saying yeah. it's like who's this fucking thing for Right. Like if you can kind of resolutely say like when the day comes, obviously you got to have your shit together to make, you know, make things, everything's happening according to plan. But when the day comes, just be a fucking guest because you got to enjoy the fuck out of that day. Well, yeah. yeah. Me being a guest means just eating alone and going to the bathroom for too long. So (laughs) I think my wife will be mad at that. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) the first dance music at last shows like starts playing, and (laughs) Francesca's just waiting for me, and I'm like, I'm taking a shit. Hold on, (laughs) dude, do the next dance. Like, do the next one. Do do daddy daughter dance. Do daddy daughter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be a few minutes, so maybe do mommy daughter too. (laughs) (laughs) Knock them both out. What is something you think is underrated, bro? You know what's underrated? (laughs) My Instagram. Uh, <laughs> at Matt Leaf Jokes. Here's the thing, guys. I've realized that uh, in spending the last, I don't know, eight years trying to get my Twitter following up, that Instagram has passed me by. And because of that, my career is real stagnant. So what I need <laughs> is, number one, if anyone out there works at Instagram, hook it up with a blue check mark, dude. This time, I promise I won't lose it like I did with my Twitter blue check mark. And then also, did you just misplace uh, the Twitter one? Or? No, I pretended to be the New York Times, and <sighs> I I abused my my blue check mark, and they won't give it back. And uh, yeah, so like you know, my Instagram is great. I got videos of me doing Sopranos parody songs that uh, at least you guys will like. And by you yeah. guys, I mean Jack and Miles. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I got amazing content, like four big guys busting on eyes during the 60 Minutes thing. So, and occasionally there's a picture of my beautiful wife. Yeah. So, there anyways, you go. That's, yeah. that's super Not underrated. And uh, I think at Matt Leap Jokes, it's very good. <laughs> go follow now. Follow it, please. Please. Yeah. Yeah. All right. They, by the way, did you watch the whole sixty minutes thing, or just enough to uh, get the get inspired? Get the get inspired. I watched. No, I didn't. I just watched clips of it, and I I'm dubious about the whole thing. So, like, the idea of watching the entire sixty minutes thing just to me seemed like uh, I would just be making fun of it the whole time. And and part of me does feel like a, a little bit bad because I'm sure some of these people like truly believe that something bad has happened to them. Oh, yeah. And and I, you know, I try to uh, limit the amount of time I spend in my life just yelling at the TV and calling people liars who I've never met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't believe it. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. It all sounds fake. And I uh, I don't want to be convinced oh, out of that. So you're saying that you don't even think people are having experiencing symptoms at all? Or you, you're oh, more I, I believe the there are people that- who are. I believe there are people who are legitimately experiencing some sort of symptoms of something. Right, right, right. But just but not the, some death beam that's being. Right, out. exactly. Yeah. This microwave death beam that exists is sounds like a CIA op, and I don't believe it. But, right. you know, that's that's my bias. That's where that's where my bias is. So mm-hmm. is that based off of a history of uh, CIA ops that were uh, meant? No, to no, no. Opinion? This is just one time where I've decided <laughs> that I don't believe been. the CIA. Every other time they've Every, been right yeah. and doing good things. Yeah. Right. But uh, no, I just decided this is the one I'm not going to believe. 
right. no, yeah, the CIA. Normally, you know, yeah, the, I stand. You know. Yeah, oh, we all stand <laughs> the CIA. Well, they're inclusive. Uh, they yeah. you know believe in uh, gay rights. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and for that, I commend them and wish to join. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I'm gonna I'll watch it and talk about it on a future episode at some oh, point. I'm I'm very excited. All right, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Portland. And we're back, and a 43-year-old man in Portland opened fire on a group of unarmed protesters that were marching in memory of Amir Locke and, you know, one woman, a six-year-old, who volunteers to do traffic control to protect fellow protesters was killed. Multiple others were wounded. One is paralyzed from being shot in the neck. And then, you know, after... The victims were screaming for help. Another person at a nearby part of the protest came over, was lawfully carrying a gun and shot back at the mass shooter and wounded him. And that's what stopped the mass shooting. Mm -hmm. So seems like kind of a big story, right? Yeah, it sounds like some uh, right wing terror, if I've ever yeah. heard of it. But, yeah. you know, if you again, if you're not on Twitter or more, even more specifically, like leftist Twitter felt like. You you were completely, uh, you would have not heard anything about this, you know, like you yeah. know, there there was like a headline of like some kind of shooting happening in Portland, and then that was about it. And then if you were solely relying on like local media and police reporting, you wouldn't know what the fuck happened. Like the way the early reports, the way they were worded, it sounded like they're like, yeah, man, is like this resident gotten a dispute with like armed protesters i think and they then, said homeowner like, right they call it homeowner <laughs> yeah. to add like a, a layer of like he's just you private know property baby. protecting his private property exactly yet it was a guy who was renting an apartment who was essentially not just some guy who was just you know had enough of people just being loud in the park across the street no as like his roommate described him said you know, over the years, he's gotten more and more radicalized. Like it, it started at the end of Obama's presidency and he started getting angrier and angrier. We would I would hear him yell like racial slurs and like like, you know, misogynistic things from his like room, just shouting or Jesus. talking about how he wanted to shoot commies or Antifa and things like that. And even he was also part of the furry community, but he was more on the fash end of the furry spectrum i'm sorry and, there's a there's a fashion of the furry spectrum that exists well because yeah. i think a lot of the the, the more pro, like you know prominent furries that you hear that are involved in social justice are like anti-fascist anti-racist and they're absolutely like they're trying to purge people from the community because it's like it's not inclusive like we're not fucking with this and this guy was already going head to head even within the furry community so like he had this reputation from having these conflicts, becoming increasingly radicalized, and eventually it boiled over. It was just it went from being watching a lot of YouTube videos to now acting out his like violent fantasies in real life. And but initial reports kept it as sort of like, hey man, sounds like some something weird happened at one of those protests when people started arguing, rather than what happened was this guy came up to this group of like traffic control volunteers who were all women mm -hmm. and completely removed from like the main protest 
targeted these this group of people, started yelling all kinds of wild shit. And when someone tried to de-escalate, he just opened fire. Jesus. And he's a right-wing furry. I think, like, a, a lot of it is, you know, and this is just complete speculation, but, like, everything that's going on in Portland or has been going on in Portland seems to be completely... Uh, only covered by right-wing media. Mm-hmm. Right-wing media is the only place where you get to see, you know, every other week you get to see them saying, like, Antifa has taken over Portland. And the second that, like, you know, all of this reporting culminates in the actual death of people by the hands of someone who's consumes their media, they're like, oh, well, we can't really, we can't really, this doesn't fit our narrative, you know? Yeah. It's supposed to be Antifa, who is killing everyone or, you know, trying to trying to force old ladies to do CRT, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so it's like this, uh, you know, this just doesn't fit the narrative. So who would cover it? And well, I, right. the question is why the mainstream media wouldn't cover this either. I think because they're not maybe not interested in just taking the, you know, like the first sort of comments from the police described it as a, a confrontation between an armed resident and armed protesters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So even yeah. now, that's how it's being reported that like like after an initial conflict, Smith reportedly pulled out a handgun and shot five people. Someone shot back at Smith. Police said hitting him near his hip. So, it does. yeah, it sounds like it's the fucking shootout at the OK Corral instead right. of him. Somebody opening fire on a group of unarmed protesters, pe- people right. who are peacefully protesting. He shot the the woman he killed, a 60 year old woman he shot at close range in the head. Like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, at first they were like, you know, the now they're looking for the the armed protester who fired back. Once the police saw the, you know, one of the protesters who was in the group that was, you know, fired on, they had a GoPro on their helmet. Once the police saw the GoPro footage, they were like, oh, yeah, we have like this guy completely was acting in self-defense. Like this person just came at these people and started shooting. Yeah. And that's a whole other dimension of the story that's completely missing to your point, like whether it's right wing media or just general corporate media there, like, you know, right wing media doesn't fit their narrative of like mm-hmm. Antifa being the like uber violent aggressors that they need them to be in their like sort of manufactured worldview. Whereas corporate media, they're not interested in it because they're also custodians of like white supremacy and right. to, to, to be like full throated, be like, this is a right wing, you know, terror attack. That's too much. You know, they're, oh, yeah. they're unwilling to actually go there when every single person who was at the event will just describe it as such. And, you know, and clearly the video was clear enough to the police that they had no interest in charging or doing anything with the person who was defending these people. Yeah, I wonder how much of the mainstream media's resistance is tied to the backlash on the right. Like, I whether I think 100 percent. Yeah, I think like 100%. The, back, the, the right and, you know, Tucker Carlson having that documentary claiming mm-hmm. that, like, this is all trumped up like that. I think that that has had an effect for sure. I, I think so, too, because it 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 explains kind of a general media blackout when it comes to just things that happen in the Pacific Northwest that are like so egregious that should be a big deal, just aren't like the, you know, Trump. Uh, sanctioning the execution of that one guy that he like sh- shot or he had like shot and killed a policeman or something like that. He was like a a, a left wing protester, 
Um, which is like, obviously, that's murder. You should be arrested. But rather than arresting him, he was just executed by a group of like federally deputized policemen. Do you guys remember the story? Mm-hmm. Are you guys was this familiar? also in Portland? This I think it was it was either it was I think it was Pacific Oregon Northwest. or Washington. Yeah. It was Pacific Northwest. But in general, like the the right wing media's effect on, I think, the rest of the corporate media with regards to like Portland and the Pacific Northwest and all the like the actions that have happened, like the protests and and whatnot and like occupations. They look at that and they go like, well, those guys are the far left. So, you know, sometimes like I personally think that they look at that and they kind of agree with the right wing take. Yeah, I think so. Without actually saying like that they agree with it. I think, well, because th- th- I'm sure from their perspective, too, they're they're saying they're going too far in their pursuit of justice. Or right. Equality, exactly. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's where it makes people uncomfortable, especially if you're in a hegemonic class mm-hmm. that watching people take strides to pursue equality mm-hmm. looks like terror to them. Right. So, and th- and like for they were doing it in a way that you know they they're looking at it as like oh th- these guys are actual threats to us you know like mm-hmm. if these people were in power you know then they would co- they would bring the guillotine out and stuff like that rather than like looking at this as like a part of a greater whole where like literally the entire country was marching for right. justice yeah. I feel like the mainstream media is still stuck in like sort of the Clintonian like mind totally. frame of like you know corporations like whatever is the most profitable will ultimately the, be the most good and like mm-hmm. Clinton's main sort of like genius for politics was triangulation right he took mm-hmm. he took whatever like one side believed whatever the other side believed and like would put himself right in the middle of those things right. and i feel like that is where the mainstream media still like kind of finds its gravitational pull is like right. towards that. Be- and so as yeah, things being go further and further to the right and, because, and still right. claiming to be the center. Right. Because yeah. the right is for, is moving further and further towards mm-hmm. fucking Nazism. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very frustrating. Yeah. I also think just as regards the right, there definitely seems to be, like it's really not surprising to me that this person the the person that they shot at close range in the head and killed was an old woman there mm-hmm. there's like some real bully sh- shit that like i feel like goes under you know anti-woman like misogyny obviously racism but like i don't know it it just feels like that is so there's so much rage and anger towards women tied mm-hmm. up in the right i know that's like not news but it it really seems to be underreported because it's just i don't know it's i guess we we've come to accept it you know i mean this is someone who was who was clearly looking for victims and not so much looking to get in like a shootout you know this was someone right. who was looking to just kill a bunch of people and be right. able to you know run away yeah, it's still being described as looking for a fight. He wasn't looking for somebody to f- who was going to fight back. No, right? yeah, he was yeah. looking to murder. This is what a mass shooter does. And yeah. uh, it's not being reported that way because everyone doesn't know how they feel, at least in the corporate media, about people who protest in the Pacific Northwest. They're all seen as like a bunch of communists. So they, yeah. uh, they're they ambivalent towards like what are actual 
these are actual like fascist movements that are happening in the Pacific Northwest, you know, and and Antifa is a response to those fascists. It's like literally they're going around screaming, these guys are Nazis. And the corporate media goes, oh, these guys call everyone Nazis. Right. And then uh, it's like, well, they got the swastika. Ne- All right. Never mind. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, no, no. They're saying it. They're saying I am Nazi. He's they wearing like they like Third Reich regalia. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. Is, they're into that. And again, it's just about in general, the media is just ill-equipped to be able to have a sober eyed analysis of white supremacy and yeah. just rampant inequality, because whenever stories like that pop up, it's always some weird fucking half step to acknowledging what's happening rather mm-hmm. than saying like no this is actually what's happening this is a problem but because it's just like i don't know you know i don't really like to talk about that stuff it's like that's what it feels like the media yes. is like a very uncomfortable rich person who would right. rather not get too bogged down on the dark shit that's happening right for the rest of us we look at it and you're going like you know the halfway this like centrist point this halfway point is you going like well you know then maybe they deserve to die. That's that's yeah. what their halfway point is. Like, I, I'm going to be ambivalent about the literal death of people. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. There's this old guy in my neighborhood who walks by our house every once in a while. And one time he started yelling at my wife while she was putting our kids in our car because we have a Black Lives Matter sign on our oh. house. And, and then... What? So I was coming home as this was happening and like found out after the fact I walked down the street. He was just like still walking down the street, accosting another young woman. And when I walked up to him, the degree to which he shut the fuck up and was just like (laughs) out of there and just did not want any sort of conflict when Mm -hmm. another white male was involved, presumably is was pretty and and he still walks by and like won't like look at me when he walks by like it's just but it, i don't know man like the when they broke into the capitol building they went mm-hmm. immediately for like nancy pelosi's office and wrote like right. the c word on her desk and it's just like they are so mad at women they really hate women that's uh you know and whenever someone like ties all this stuff back to gamergate i'm like yeah that's right yeah, that's that's correct. Like yeah. this is underlying this whole thing is that like women are trying to change us. <laughs> and uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of misogynist energy that comes from it. And it, they just kind of disguise it in other things. But, right. uh, you know, at the yeah. core, they're just uh, people who hate women and want to mm-hmm. yell at someone who they think they are stronger than, which is uh, peak fascism. Right. Yeah, exactly. But also, like, why do you have to put your politics like right here on front of, in the front lawn of our neighborhood? You know, right? Oh, why'd you, it's, why'd it's you not, do that, Jack? Oh, this isn't this isn't a political statement. This is right. a, this is a philo- this is a philosophical one. I, yeah. that's what I believe. Yeah. Well, well, you know what? It, what I believe is white lives matter. Okay, <laughs> how about that? Yeah, right, you want a box? <laughs> oh well, I mean, not with. Oh, uh, come on, come on, on, catch a fair Which, one. Come on, on, come on. Do you have catch a, wife? a fair one with me? Do you have a wife? I could fight. I'll fight your wife. <laughs> could you bring your wife over here? Like what? The- he w- he wouldn't even say a thing. Like he was just like stunned silence when a man <laughs> well, walked and, up. And, and that's the whole him. thing. 
and I, I know we're about to talk about this military base story, but like it's it's the same way you see them going after like gay and trans kids or exactly. people now. It's, oh yeah, yeah. It's who They're can fucking who's a group that we feel is vulnerable that we can just fucking shove around and not yes. and hope that there's minimal blowback for for trying to completely terrorize these people. And yeah. yeah. That's what's happening with all these fucking Greg Abbott signed a bill on Wednesday or Tuesday night um, that that was essentially like deputizing school officials to become like hunters of trans kids and their parents. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's their whole sort of, I, I think, way of uh, affirming their potency or power is to be like, yeah, but see, we can just we can fuck up all these marginalized people. It's kind of hard. Ship set sail on doing that to most Americans. So we're going to pick at the margins. You know, what? It, it just reminds me of something that I saw. There was a, a representative, I think, from Kentucky. You know, that he's like a, the libertarian one. I forget. I forget his name. Uh, it's not he's not Rand Paul, but uh, he posted this meme. It's an old, old right wing meme with a misattributed uh, Voltaire quote. That says, like, if you want to know who's in power, uh, then uh, it's the people who you can't criticize. And it's like this old, like, it's a cartoon of, like, a big hand crushing, like, all these, like, people. And it's uh, it's an old it, anti-Semitic meme mm-hmm. about uh, the people you're not allowed to criticize are always the people in power. And uh, someone else posted a different version of it where <laughs> the, the big hand was children with leukemia. Uh, <laughs> and and for me i was like that is the perfect distillation of actually yeah. what is going on yeah. because they we, we live in this society in which we have i don't know there's a certain like social contract with each other where we're like uh it's mean to make fun or to uh go after the small marginalized groups that's why we don't do it you right. know, and and the thing is, is we have a history of doing that. So in being told you are not allowed to, you know, discriminate against trans people, you know, you are not allowed to be misogynist, you know, you're not allowed to be racist towards people. They, they look at that and they go like, that's how you know they're in power, because right. I can't go, you know, up to a child with leukemia and slap them in the face. So like this idea of like, going after weaker people is uh, is or you know people who they perceive as being like like it's they perceive them as being in power that's the whole thing so they look at trans people and they go like oh this is all these are the people who are really in charge you're like every single marginalized group they think is more important than them right you or know it's like it's this zero-sum game of yes oh if these people are marginally doing better Right. I need to be like, ah, 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 let me check you real quick. Right. Let me just let you know who's actually. And like to your point, it's almost like this. Actually, no, we're in charge. We yes. will tell you when you can have rights. We right. will dictate to you or we will define what equality is. And it isn't what the fuck you're talking about. So the second you try yeah. and uh, take up uh, you and pursue liberation on your own terms. Yes. No, 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 no. Right. No, because that excludes us from this dynamic. It, where exactly. We you're are excluding the us force. from the decision to give you the rights to give you uh any power at all and and that's uh so that's what they're being told they're like you know it's it's why white people you know or a lot of white people 
like talk about affirmative action in this way where they're like, oh, you know, they're getting special rights and and whatnot and not at all looking at it in terms of like the uh, uh, from a historical perspective at all or like from like just a protection, like <laughs> the idea that you would try to protect people who are marginalized should yeah. be a normal thing. But instead, they look at, at, at it as like a power struggle. Right. So, and empathy has yeah. been weaponized. So Completely. now it's like, well, why, why, is, why are these people getting it? Yeah. And I think people need to like really ask themselves is what is the harm that's done when you make someone's life easier? Right. Where's the yeah. fucking harm? Because yeah. that's essentially what all these people who have some kind of, you know, they're they're using their energy to advocate for something that's a positive for somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's all this pursuit is in. It's it, it's just to make things easier to have for, to have health care that doesn't bankrupt you is made so your life can be easier. Yeah. To not begin having your like Geheimstadt's Polizei 2.0 mm-hmm. looking for trans kids yeah. isn't like the, the point of trying to give uh, gender affirming care to kids to make their fucking life easier. Right. Yeah. So what right. the fuck are what's the fucking damage? And that's the thing. That's the that's the that's always the thing they have trouble articulating. And it has to be all these weird straw man arguments or what about isms or total disinformation. No, it's always like, a secret plot to victimize them for being yeah. like, quote, normal. You know, it's like this is what you're doing. You're victimizing my my straight cisgendered kid by right. giving, you know, special consideration or any kind of like, OK, acknowledgement. Let's out a bit. Do you think that do you think people deserve just dignity in general and they deserve to have, you know, uh, a life that isn't filled with pain not if dignity is a zero-sum game or pain you know you know what i mean and that's all like that's it because you see people you know especially you see evangelical people who are super close-minded yeah and again can find all these like logic holes to begin to justify why their their whole worldview is actually in direct opposition to their you know purported savior jesus christ yeah yeah but you know, God, they're so horny to be the victim, man. They just yeah. fucking want, they gotta be the victim. Like, somehow, right. of course, even... that's why, to me, that's why I thought, I think more people pulled up for that trucker shit because it gave them an opportunity to do victim cosplay. Exactly. exactly. Oppressed yeah, exactly. people aren't interested in victimhood cosplay. They experience that shit all Every the time. Day. There's right. no need to go out there and be like, yeah. oh my God, bring yeah. your gas canisters. But also, it is clearly a very potent organizing force for that group of people Mm -hmm. and i think that's an interesting dimension of it that you know obviously not many people are gonna be like what is it obvious i mean people have been analyzing the the convoy and that this that other, but it's that need to be a victim too that i think has a huge role in Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of the participation because it gives you the opportunity to be able to be like i was there and they took away my raincoat yeah right yeah (laughs) Uh uh-huh these are people who have, you know, they've never protested in solidarity with anyone ever before. And it's the first yeah. time that they've ever encountered what uh, protests are. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and they're like, wow, you know, this is a uh, this is some sort of police state. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, no shit. Actually, but in first a time, police state or at a normal protest, the police don't let you take selfies in the backseat of their car and then right. let you out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. One thing with the um, trans kids thing is that I, you know, have seen with other parents 
being like, well, how would you know? Like, what, what if your kid like did that? Like, hey, you can't trust a thing. Like my kid says they're like a mermaid some days. And mm-hmm. just I understand that initial impulse. If all you're seeing is a single social media post and trying to make your decision based on that, do just the smallest amount of fucking reading. Do Read mm, right. an interview with somebody mm-hmm who was trans, who is trans, and whose parents listened to them. You never hear them say, I wish my parents hadn't listened to me. All you hear Mm -hmm. is them say, my parents saved my life in listening to me and taking me seriously. But yeah, that that's an initial sort of response that you're from people whose children aren't trans. And so they haven't dealt right. with it and don't understand it was the same thing different. with like prop eight or like doma you know and like gay marriage the mm-hmm. the first the mouth breather rebuttal was well then what next then what next yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> what's yeah. next i don't know man do you know a guy who's married to a fucking cat yeah right. I, lo- I love that that's love what's to next say that shit there's no, no one at a protest holding up a sign with a poodle and a question mark on it who's right. just like all right time to fuck animals no Let's that's called em. bestiality and that's fucked up yeah also, nobody's asking nothing for to that do with this but you keep mentioning it over and over right that's just and someone it- who wants to that's just someone who really just wants that and doesn't know how to ask for it <laughs> like mm, yeah read some of your posts it yeah. does seem like a concerted this is the new frontier that they're fighting is against parents who help their children who are trans. Yeah. That, that's what they've moved on to from gay marriage. They're like, okay, we lost that one. Right. And yeah. that's right. They'll keep retreating. They're like, yeah. okay, fuck it. We can't segregate, like, like fully bring back Jim Crow. Then let's go after critical race theory. The thing that mm-hmm. even gave people an imagination to understand how right. complex this white supremacist capitalist patriarchy is that we live in this country. But I think their foothold on the parents of trans children thing is entirely built on that initial like instinct of parents to be like, well, my kids right. Says the wildest shit. So all you have to do is just do, it's not a lot of reading. It's just a tiny, small amount of reading. And you know, what's so funny. I have, I know more people who talk about how they wish their parents weren't so rigid about gender when they were kids. Right. Yeah. Then I've heard like, and more, not in the sense of like, Oh, they were too loose with me. I got so confused. I didn't know what was going on. It was like, nah, like I fucking didn't want to have long hair. And I remember like being so pissed. My parents would let me cut my hair shorter Mm -hmm. uh, because I was a girl or I looked like a girl was presenting as a girl. And rather than just, you know, uh, the, Again, the thing that parents just need to understand is just need to love your fucking kids. Right. That's really <laughs> what it is. And you're not going to go wrong loving them. It's one thing to enable a, something to be enabling, but that's not what we're talking about here. Right. It's right. about providing an environment of acceptance, love and support that's consistent enough that you raise a human being that doesn't go around with a massive black hole in their fucking, you mm-hmm. know, soul and trying to find answers in the most destructive ways. Yeah. And to think that, again, that with with these bills, not just that one, but the, these don't say gay bills that are popping up all over, you know, being led by Florida. It's about trying to say that being an empathetic parent is bad. That's what they're trying right. to push back against is that you could be an understanding parent. And that's, I think, what 
all of this backlash around critical race theory or perce- the perceived idea that it's being taught in schools when it's not mm-hmm. is all about trying to fucking just fry out people's empathy circuits so they're willing to just stomach anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, one second. One, yeah. uh, I want to ask one question. Becca, you said your friend who lived in New York is now afraid to live in Portland. You're saying because well, what, what, what's your what was your take on that? Uh, yeah. So I have I lived in Portland for a couple years, like almost three. And I moved right at the start of the pandemic to New York City. Crazy, I know. But I still have a lot of friends that live in the city of Portland. And they have said during their time in Portland, it's been super stressful, super chaotic. And mind you, these are all primarily like women of color who've like really built up the community of color in Portland. And they have said that, you know, one of them of my good friends, she lived in New York for about 10 years. She's from Philly. She went to Howard. So she's like someone who is not like from a sheltered area. And she yeah, said yeah. she knows past- how to navigate. Yeah, she knows how to navigate situations and she's lived in Portland. I mean, she hasn't left Portland and she said it's been really tough. It's been really scary to be a black woman in Portland right now and that she has mm. felt more afraid the past couple of years with everything going on in Portland than she ever felt in New York. Got it. Okay, yeah, more that it's become this venue where like there's openly fascist people just trouncing around and I thought I thought you were saying that like she's like, no, Antifa's really bad out here, but more so just how the No, like the other like, way, like the conflict are really bad. Yeah, and just conflict right, right. and yeah. shots and she's like, I've been more afraid of shootings in Portland than I was ever in New York City. Like it's just been super, super bad. I mean, she went to Howard during nine eleven. Like, you know, she's yeah. been through it and the past couple of years in Portland have been super tough on her mental. Like she's just been like I don't know how much longer I can stay in Portland, even though she's built a life there, because it's just gotten so bad to just be right. a person of color in that city. Mm. Yeah. So I don't I know. Mean, it's, and I've seen a lot of my friends leave, too, in the past couple of years, as much as I've had a lot of friends. And I made a really strong community of color there. I've seen a lot of people leave just because it's desolate and scary. Mm. I mean, Robert Evans moved there because he was like, this is where the civil war is going to pop off if it does. And like, I, he's not wrong <laughs> from a reporting yeah. standpoint. Like this is like the level of fascism and organized fascism that is happening in Portland is mm-hmm. something that I want to be there to cover. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking scary. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, talk about Ben Shapiro's movie. And we're back. And Ben Shapiro, the Daily Wire, made the news a couple years ago by they were they were like, "We're we're coming for Hollywood, baby. Uh, no more Holly weird. We're gonna start making movies for the rest Holly of Holly normal time." <laughs> and they have released. First of all, at their like announcement, they were in. <laughs> like tuxedos i don't know it's a very strange like their version of what what hollywood is tuxedos and cigars seems to be like what they what they want to get into the side right. of hollywood they want to get into but yeah right they saw the aviator 
uh, and there were, you know, and they were just like, oh, this old, this that. whole, you know, Samuel Goldwyn and, uh, you know, Louis B. Mayer with their top hats and their long cigarettes. And it's like, <laughs> I don't think you know what Hollywood looks like. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, they, uh, we just got their first movie. Miles, as you were mentioning, it's not like a homegrown, like Ben Shapiro pitched an idea to a panel of fascists. This is actually a movie that was in uh, development for a little while at a different studio, right? You said Focus? Yeah. It first, okay, it was first touted, it was a blacklist script, okay? Mm-hmm. You know. That's insane. Shout out Franklin <laughs> and Kate, uh, who've been on the show. And, you know, it was also on top of the blood list, too, I think, for like sort of more like uh, horror-centric right. films. And then I remember it first, or not I remember, I remember from looking at it, because I was looking up the writer, New Line had first bid to get the script, and they won. And New Line Cinema was the people who got the script from this writer, Melanie Toast. And Jason happy Toast Bateman, Day to her, by the way. <laughs> yeah, happy Toast Day to you. And Jason Bateman was initially, I think, attached to direct this film. Mm. And then... Jason Bateman? Yeah, Jason Bateman was going to direct it. And Has then, he directed anything? A couple uh, episodes of Ozark. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that's how you get your that's how you get your beak wet. Hey, you, know you I mean? gotta start somewhere. Gotta mm-hmm. start somewhere, mm-hmm. Jason Bateman. Yeah. First um, you become a huge movie star as a child. <laughs> and a go. TV star. Take then back to movies. <laughs> Do a cult comedy and yeah. you're back in, baby. You're back but in. Then, like all Hollywood deals, it did this thing where they didn't do anything during the option period. So yeah. the window closed. New line was like, ah, all right, well, I, I guess we can't do anything with it. And then that's when one of the producers took it to the Daily Wire to be like, hey, how about this thing? Much to the chagrin of the writer, because <laughs> they I've gone to Melanie Toast's Twitter page and she hasn't tweeted like I think since it was announced the Daily Wire was going to be making the film. Oh, and, her, the she's she liked a tweet recently, like in the last week, and some of the recent likes have been things about like sort of commiserating or being like, I feel so bad for anybody who's caught up with this production company who had no fucking intention of working with these people, and now <laughs> fucking Ben Shapiro is distributing your film. Like, oh, and those man. are the likes I see, and I'm like, oh, you, you that poor, sucks, poor man. Yeah, That's like like career ending bad luck. Oh, I yeah. know, especially since it was a blacklist script, you know? Yeah, like, she's for sure on top of the world. She's just like, I, I can't believe this. And then Ben Shapiro gobbles it up. <laughs> and yeah. you're just like, ah, oh, fuck. Now I'm aligned with Candace Owens because I made a fucking thriller about a lady stuck in yeah. a closet. She, I mean, if you saw Daily Wire, they made a fucking escape room modeled after, like, the pantry that the protagonist is what? in throughout the film. <laughs> yes. And Candace Owens had to escape from it. Like, they did, like, a who's who of uh, right-wing trash commentators yeah. to participate in the fucking escape room. And I was like, oh, I hate this kind of content. Oh, but that sucks. Anyway, I, so I feel film, bad. I See, I didn't know that backstory about Melanie Toast. Because, yeah. first of all, I've just been chortling at her name for a while because <laughs> toast is a great last name just to pop up when you don't yeah. know what you're saying especially since the the director is dj caruso 
right? Like a legit director. It's a right? legit director. A yeah. good a good director, but you know, <laughs> written by Melanie Toast and directed by DJ Caruso just sounds like they just sound like featured rappers on Dawn to Right, two. right, right. <laughs> yeah, like Melanie Toast sounds like a sick young yeah. lady like yeah. artist. Absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah. But yeah, so this yeah, that he did Disturbia and yeah. Salt Triple X Return of Xander yeah. Cage. Okay, not the original. Oh, Triple X Return of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Less. And Vincent Gallo's in good. it too. You're like, okay, that's lesser nice. Caruso for sure. But yeah, yeah. How how did this hold up? Because you have seen it, Matt. Well, mm-hmm. I expectations did. were presumably very high. Oh yeah, of course. Well, I was very excited first of all to see a movie that was finally going to stick it to Hollywood, you know, something where they're like, we're not going to do any of this, like, you know, this is a movie that anyone can enjoy, regardless of political views. And then, of course, in order to watch the movie, uh, my co-host of the Frogcast, he had to sign up to the Daily Wire in order to actually watch it because they wouldn't send out screeners. And so in order to sign up for the Daily Wire to watch this movie, you have to press the stand with us button rather than just subscribe. Uh, So he had to it it immediately like inundates you with with a bunch of right wing politics to even watch the fucking thing. Wow. For if you sign up for a year, which is one hundred and forty dollars because you have to be a subscriber to watch the film, you get mm-hmm. a free Tumblr that's labeled liberal tears. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Ah, uh, yes. I love my apolitical movies to come with uh, free right-wing merch. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, the movie is, I mean, it's it's a garbled mess. It's one of those, like, movies where because just the mere fact that it's, like, uh, aligned with, like, the, the Daily Wire, you're kind of, like, you're waiting for the the politics to come through. And it really is, it's both political and apolitical at the same time. Like, none of it makes any sense. There's a lot of Apple metaphors in this movie in which, like, so there's it's about a woman who is a single mother and she's taking care of her two kids in her dead mother's house. You know, her, her mom has died or maybe it was her grandma and the house is in shambles. She's an ex-addict. She's trying to get, you know, she's trying to stay clean for her kids. And there are all these apple trees, but they have all these rotten apples on them. So you're mm-hmm. like, okay, a metaphor is happening here. But the apple metaphor is so, it's it's just so convoluted that you ha- you end up at the end of the movie not knowing what they're trying to do with this apple metaphor. It's yeah. like, it's it's completely... It's just completely convoluted. She gets locked in a pantry accidentally. And so it's, then it's like a bottle episode movie. It's like one of those yes. movies that. Yeah, it's a single location thriller, you know, like uh, like open water. Right. You know, Correct. it's just the, you know, the like blood, the blood life or the lifeblood of like a small studio. It's just ex- contained thrillers. You got to do a contained thriller. Exactly. Which is which is like big that's bang. that's fine. But. What ends up happening is that her her ex her her baby daddy who is a still a meth head locks her into a pantry, and she proceeds to spend the rest of the movie trying to trying to escape the pantry by 
by digging into the floor rather than through the door that's right in front of her. Uh And meanwhile, she's trying to, at the same time, protect her children from Vincent Gallo, who plays a pedophile who keeps showing up trying to (laughs) presumably have sex with her children. And I, I do love the idea of, like, them sticking it to Hollywood by getting Vincent Gallo to play a Hollywood Democrat who is like trying to have sex with children, which, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of how I looked at it, but, um, yeah. And then it just proceeds to kind of have a religious message where she like kind of has to believe in Jesus in order to get out, but it's not like your regular, like faith-based type movie because, Again, the metaphors are really mixed. It's like at one point she opens the Bible and finds that her mother had put a bunch of hundred dollar bills in there, you know. Uh, So it's like, oh, you know, if you would just open that Bible, it could have helped you. And then at the same time, she uses a literal cross to like basically to 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 like dig herself out. But she also hammers a nail through the pedophile's hand. It's just very confusing. Right, right. Right. At the very end, her meth head husband tries to force her to do meth by gunpoint, which as as a drug addict, a clean drug addict of 12 years, you know, no one who's addicted to drugs tries to give other people the drugs. I know. (laughs) For free. Yeah. That's not, that's not (laughs) a thing that we've ever done ever. That That's, was my biggest fear when I was a kid. Was right. that like I was going to somebody was going to be like, "You take these drugs, motherfucker." Yeah, uh, exactly. when, like when I was in the you know mind space of like drugs kill. Like mm-hmm. I was like, well, if they kill, the only way that they'd be able to get me to take them is like by. I, I remember having nightmares where somebody would like put a gun to my head and then cut my finger and like pour a white powder on the cut and oh that was like God. how I got hooked. Oh, I think you said Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's I I just I love the idea of you just sitting there going like I got to prepare someday. There's my biggest fear is quicksand. Quicksand exactly. <laughs> and guy trying to force me to do his his drugs that he paid for. Yeah, <laughs> the sound? bullies all just wanted you to smoke smoke their weed. Yeah, uh, kids. In- Why are people doing thrillers like that? Like really seriously taking these like just harebrained fears, <laughs> like of fears, yeah. and blowing them out. Like it is like, oh my god, I lo- Bradley. I love it. <laughs> the gay marriage thing happened, and now Bradley is with his hog. Right. And exactly. it's eating him alive. Like, and you're like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> really play that out. Really, I'm curious to it's see how that It's just like the, in, in the movie It and the book It, how, you know, It likes to transform into a, like a children's biggest fear or like people's biggest fear in general. But mm-hmm. it transforms into like a mother accepting their uh, their trans kid <laughs> you know where oh. <laughs> yeah. it turns into quicksand or it turns into like someone holding a gun to your head and forcing you to do smack someone's yeah. like oh, doctor thank you so much it was really touch and go there you were in a coma we had to put you into a coma but we've done we've damaged or we've repaired all the damage to your organs and we feel like you'll have a very normal life after this thank you what do i owe you probably millions of dollars you owe us nothing. The evil clown is at it again, giving people free, free surgeries. Free surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck oh, out of here.
Uh, also interesting to note that Rainy Quali, who is uh, yep. Margo Margaret Quali's sister. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Andy McDowell's daughter. So yeah. the whole McDowell clan, they're just all knockouts. They're all beautiful. Yeah. They're, what, they're the most beautiful women in the world. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. Can I be horny on your podcast for a second? Uh, yeah. I'm not married yet. I can be in love with the quali. Hey, right. Hey, wait. What's hey. the matter with like one of the qualies? Hey, yeah, I like the qualies. What are you gonna do? By the but, way, what yeah. a career for Vincent Gallo. So, what for people who aren't familiar, he made a solid indie movie in 1998 called Buffalo 66. Used that momentum to make a movie called The Brown Bunny in which yep. he filmed a unsimulated sex scene with Chloe Sevigny mm-hmm. and then not much but he's now a Republican so that's Is that kinda, right? Yeah, he hasn't directed oh, yeah. anything uh, other than shorts since then. Shorts it, I'm going to put in quotes. Is, so he's now a Republican cuz I was wondering I was thinking to myself like he, because I don't know his politics, but I could absolutely see see him do that heel turn where he's just like, Hollywood is sick. I would know. I got my dick sucked. You yeah. know, like that is, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Vincent Gallo, like I, I saw a thing, Vincent Gallo on being a Republican, which could have easily been, you know, him being like Republicans are fucking stupid. But no, uh, the Hollywood Reporter, in a long rambling open letter, the actor, writer, director, producer settled scores with a number of people. And the opening line is Vincent Gallo likes Donald Trump, quote, a lot and is, quote, extremely proud. He is the American president. So, you know. Yeah. I think he just sold. He had a Trump Tower apartment that he just sold. Wow. Uh, And if you look, he has fucking like, I mean, it's more than that. Like he has some like wildly anti-Semitic racist shit that he sells on his website. Wow. Yeah. He has like a fucking like shirt that says like whites freed the blacks and shit. What the fuck? dude? And then he like, I think there was something I don't know how true it was. He was offering to sell his sperm, but he wouldn't do it for like black people. But Jewish women were okay because of he's like, they will be guaranteed like safe passage through the desert like you know like saying uh, uh, just what? implying that jews have like a lot of money so it'll be okay jesus yeah. christ totally no that all makes sense no i mean that's that's legit that's legit but then i'm like <laughs> so ben shapiro you have like this guy in your movie right come on oh. now yeah interesting also he so my like every kid has their favorite like stuffed animal my five-year-old's was oso was a little blue bear my three-year-old's is Brown Bunny. Oh, yeah. So I get to think about Vincent Gallo's non-simulated oral sex scene like four or five times a day. Well, you know, don't change the name. Just make the uh, your next uh, stuffed animal a buffalo, and you can call it Buffalo 66. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not in control of the naming of the stuffies, by the way. It's not Clearly. Me. Yeah. All right. Well, Matt. Such a pleasure having you as always. Where can oh, yeah. people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? You can find me uh, over at uh, Instagram uh, at Matt Leap Jokes. It's a great website. Yeah. Check out their app. I forgot where I heard it. I heard your great follow on there, though. I'm a great follow. Yeah, you probably heard that from a lot of really important, famous people, mm-hmm. but also from me. So check that out. Also, uh, I do a movie podcast with previous. Daily Zeitgeist, 
as Daily Zeitgeist guest. That's hard to Daily say. Daily Zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Daily Zeitgeist. Vince, Vince Mancini. Uh, we do a, a podcast called The Frogcast where we talk about movies. And uh, Pod Yourself a Gun, where we talk about The Sopranos. It's the world's only Sopranos podcast. Right. There it is. Um, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes. Recently, I think it was just today, actually, this tweet came out. And uh, I, I almost didn't choose it because I figured you guys might have ch- chosen this one. But it's from a user at Tilda World. Why are all podcasts two best friends? I want a podcast that's two sworn enemies, just two <laughs> bitches that absolutely hate each other. <laughs> Which I was like, yeah, that's that would be a good podcast. I'd check that yeah. out. I would love to hear it. Just like coworkers fighting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of a podcast. I just kind of let my voice notes app run wild during our lunch breaks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should do it. I'm saying that what you guys should do is just start developing enmity for each other. Like, yeah, true, true hatred. And we've been working on it for a while. We have a a couple's therapist that's trying to make us despise each other a little bit. Yeah, dude. I like that. The the daily hate geist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And then I like somebody pointed out the subgenre or I guess like the thing that actually exists of, of that is two best friends who hate their listeners oh yeah <laughs> which, which is one of my favorites <laughs> that's that's me and vince but we yeah. do it out of love yeah we call, you were tagged in that <laughs> yeah. we do call all of our listeners piggies and hogs but it's not but we love pigs and hogs like that's they're the thing is it, we we they're very intelligent they're empathetic and they're loving and they love their slop and let's all be real yeah. We all love slop. We're all mm-hmm. piggies to mm-hmm. someone else's, you know, trough. Thank like, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a big piggy for, you know, Narcos Mexico. Great show. Oh. I would oh, like yeah. more content, please. The new that? the new season's good. I watched one oh, episode. And it's then... so good. It's yeah. so good. All right. It's it's always harder for me to get the momentum going on a show that's subtitled because then I can't look at my phone. I know. Uh, which I, know. I shouldn't be doing anyways. Or Jack, just fucking learn Spanish, bro, and then you can look at your I phone. Know, También. No, but even if you learn Spanish, they still speak real fast. Yeah, I, I it helps me to, like, I, I did, like, let me go five minutes and no subtitles just to try and immerse myself. It doesn't work all the time. Yeah. But you get you begin to pick up on things. I yeah. would say not a proven way to learn any kind of language. No, yeah, it turns for, out it's not like uh, that that one Antonio Banderas movie, like the Twelfth Warrior or whatever. I forget what the Twelfth <laughs> Night. It was Twelfth. It's Twelfth Night. No, it's like I forget what it's called, but it's like he's sitting around and everyone's speaking another language. Oh and yeah, he, and the words start turning into like English, right? Yeah, like, and he, he learns the language <laughs> by sitting there. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't happen. I've been in yeah. French class for three years yeah they're talking right at me and yeah. pointing to the english words they're saying i'm still not connected <laughs> still don't know what the hell that means uh miles where can people find you what's a tweet you've been enjoying find me on twitter and instagram at miles of gray also the other pod 420 day fiance with sophie alexandra we talk 90 day check that one out um some tweets that i like Ooh, let's see um this one is from uh, at A-Z-D-A-Z-I-E-D-E-E. 
tweeted, I want more Americans to spend time abroad so that they are more reasonably embarrassed about the state of their society. We are like the kid at school who doesn't realize they need deodorant yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Just just anywhere. Just get get out a little bit. That perspective will do something to you. And then uh, Kate Doyle, at Doyle Schmoyle. What up, Kate? Uh, tweeted, uh, when Tim McGraw does Krav Maga, it's called Krav McGraw. Uh, <laughs> <just> like that. <laughs> wow, that is good. <laughs> I love that. Krav, I just see him like teaching a class. All right, y'all. Do some Krav Maga now. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Let's do this one. Dial H for Hagai tweeted, uh, doctor says, treatment is simple. Johnny Knoxville is in town tonight with his new film, Jackass. Go and see him. That should pick you up. Man bursts into tears, says, but doctor, I am Johnny Knoxville and this is Jackass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. This is Jackass. (laughs) Uh, You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes. And our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you should go check out. Miles, what song do we think people should go check out? I mean, one of the greatest pieces of music of all time is the uh, D'Angelo album Voodoo uh, from 2000. Absolutely. And look, if you haven't heard the album, please do yourself a favor and listen to this album from the start to the end it is fantastic you have people like Questlove on drums Pino Palladino on bass and it's just a really really great album but this track is sort of like this was sort of like the more poppy track that if for me as a hip hop head got me into the voodoo album and that's Devil's Pie so it was also on the Bentley soundtrack so we're gonna ride out on Devil's Pie by D'Angelo you know classic Put that one on your brain. Yeah, got to right. teach people. Got If they don't know, they need to know. There we go. All right. Well, uh, go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. Uh, we are back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 Bye.